fake. Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Ah! He's Fifty-six-yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. Welcome in to another edition of College Gridiron, a podcast by WFUV Sports. And what a week it was in week two of the NCAA season. We had some top-tier matchups, some upsets. We're going to be looking into Texas, Alabama, where Texas got the win, 34-24. We're going to be talking about maybe is Texas back. We're going to take a look at one of the Pac-12 survivors getting a huge upset this week in Washington State. Then we're going to take a look at the top 25 as we head into week three. And we'll be breaking down a huge SEC matchup in Florida, Tennessee. And we'll close it out with our favorite games of week three. I'm Merrick Rhodes, joined by Evan Harkin and Brendan Shorey. Brendan, I know you're dying to get into this Texas talk, but first, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. A lot of great games, like you said, this past week. I'm looking forward to the great games coming up this week. Uh, some upsets, some big wins, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to get going. Yeah, I'm doing great also. I mean, got the day off of class, got to sit back, relax. Uh, get ready for this great week of not just college football, NFL's coming uh, in full swing. Got MLB still going, so I really can't complain. Yeah, you know this time of year, it's it's hectic, but we love it, don't we? So without further ado, I think I think we would be remiss without diving right into this Texas versus Alabama game. We'll take a look at Texas' side first. Quinn Ewers finishes the game 24 for 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Jonathan Brooks on the ground, 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown himself. Uh, tight end Jatavion Sanders, huge game, five receptions, 114 yards, which led Texas in receiving yards. He had two t- TDs from Adonai Mitchell and another one from Xavier Worthy. So what do you guys think out of this Texas performance and this Texas win, not only against Alabama, but in Tuscaloosa against Alabama? Yeah, I think Texas is definitely legit this year. Uh, I mean, like you said, Quinn Ewers was lighting up that Alabama defense. Like you said, 350 yards, three touchdowns, but also no picks, which was a huge thing in this football game. Uh, a close football game, relatively, where interceptions definitely matter. And on the other side, Jaden Miller out there was two of them. And I think that's the big difference in this game. You have Quinn Ewers lighting it up and Jalen Mil- Milrow throwing two interceptions on the other side. And on top of that, Xavier Worthy looks like a definite elite college receiver. He's secure target, can go to him on third down. And uh, definitely this Texas offense, and I think the defense is coming together too. They look like a real legit team this year. Yeah. How about them Longhorns? I, just, I had to start off with that. Um, I think this Texas team has the potential to do great things. I mean, Quinn Ewers coming back from last year is going to have an, a year to build off of last year. The Texas offense will miss Bijan Robinson. But they will still get good production uh, from Jonathan Brooks on the ground. So it's not a huge drop-off. And we got a bunch of receivers returning. But the main thing I want to point out is the impact the defense had on this game. We saw last year this Texas team, their defense was not great. They would get run over by teams like Kansas State, TCU, these other big teams. This year we saw them step up, pick off Jalen Milrow twice. And they were really what caused Texas to win this game against a top 10, top 5 opponent in Alabama. 
Yeah, definitely. I think in college football, especially defense is so important. I mean, you look at some of the best college football national champions. I mean, Georgia, the last two years has had a top tier defense. I think what you mentioned, Evan and Xavier Worthy is worth noting because not only did he have five receptions for 75 yards in a TD, he was being guarded by Kool-Aid McKinstry, who is a top-tier draft pick this year, and I think Xavier Worthy showed it last year that he was ready to be a wide receiver one. He had 760 yards and nine TDs last year, and he already seems to be like Texas's top guy, and I like what you mentioned about the defense, as I said before. So the question is, is Texas back? Because under Sarkeesian in the last two years, the first year wasn't too super strong in 2021, finishing 5-7, and seven, but last year they were able to finish at 8-5. and five. They made it to the Alamo Bowl, which they lost to Washington, who we know has a top-tier quarterback and has a top-tier program. So, so is Texas back? I think Texas is absolutely back. Like you said, they're building off a great year. They have some returners that have already come back from a good year. And then you add the defense, which is really what they needed. And they've shown it so far throughout these first two games. You're starting off 2-0. and You beat Alabama. I don't see much of a better start than that. We are so back. I can't sing high enough praises about Ewers taking that big step from last year to this year. Pretty much almost a flawless game. He had a few incompletions that he missed, but didn't turn the ball over. Very clean game. And I expect to see a lot of that from him this year, which is the, I mean, that's a key piece of winning games is winning the turnover battle. And if your quarterback is playing clean games, throwing touchdowns, not turning the ball over, and you have a functioning defense that is able to hold good teams and cause turnovers, I think that's the recipe to being back. Yeah, I mean, you look at Quinn Ewer's season so far, 609 yards, six touchdowns, still no picks. He's obviously going to be up there when it comes to talks about the Heisman at the end of the year, if he can continue this. I think we should turn the page to maybe a quarterback who, who might not be as positive coming out of this matchup, and that's Jalen Milrow, who finishes the game 14 for 27, 255, two TDs, two picks, and he tacked on another 44 rushing yards. So I think there's been a lot of questions about Bama this year in particular, especially coming off of this loss about who they are as a team, especially with how Georgia has been. So do you think that Jalen Milrow may be an issue? Because I feel like Bama is one of those teams who has consistently for the last five, six years had a stud at quarterback. You look back to Jalen Hurts, to, uh, to Mack, to Bryce Young. So do you think Jalen Milrow could be the problem with this Alabama team? I think Jalen Milrow looks very uncomfortable right now in that Alabama offense, which is a serious problem. I think Jalen Milrow has the talent and the attributes to be a great college quarterback. We, we know he can run. There's no question of whether he can evade pressure, get out of the pocket. But it almost seems like he's going to do that too quickly in these games. He's going to get out of the pocket right away. He, he just doesn't seem comfortable sitting in that pocket throwing to these Alabama receivers, which is, like you said, Merrick, something we've seen from Alabama for the past maybe 10 years. So I think he's definitely right now an issue, although I think due to his talent and physical attributes, he can overcome this with some coaching and some time in that Alabama offense. So we'll look to see that. I would agree. He's not he's not a bad quarterback for any for any measure, but he... He's uncomfortable. We saw in the Texas game, they were testing him. They were trying to make him throw deep, and he only did it like once or twice, and he completed one of them for a, for a long, long touchdown. But you saw the Texas offense would creep up because whenever he would panic, he would scramble and he'd try to run. He wouldn't try to create plays outside the pocket or anything like that, and that's kind of what you want to see from a top quarterback. Given he is still a sophomore, so he has time to learn. He has another year finish this year he'll play another year at Bama and I I believe by then we'll see some improvement in that area of his game but right now he doesn't look like a super comfortable quarterback in the Bama system yeah and you know there was that QB competition over the summer between Milrow Simpson Buckner so I think that could also contribute to it as well 
But with this Bama loss and kind of the way that the SEC has been the last couple of years, do you guys think that there's any truth to the to the argument that Nick Saban's days of his dynasty are in the past? Or do you think as a head coach, he's just good enough that those days will be back soon and they'll they'll be able to retake the SEC from Georgia? When I first thought of this question, my initial reaction was it's been three years since they won a national championship. So it's hard to put them out of this whole dynasty question. But then I thought to myself, what is the dynasty right now? Obviously, it's Georgia. So I would say that they are not the current dynasty, but I wouldn't put them having another national championship in the near future out of question by any means. I mean, this is a team that's dominated college football for the last 10, 15, 20 years, have a great coach that we know usually puts together good defenses that can win college football games, college football playoff games, and national championships. So while I don't think they'll win this year, while I would say Georgia is the dynasty of right now, I would say Alabama still has an opening and still definitely has a potential to win more national championships under Saban. I'm going to have to agree with you there. I don't think they're a dynasty anymore. We see more and more of these teams coming up and playing at a high level. We saw we saw two Big Ten teams last year in Ohio State and Michigan compete. We saw Georgia has been the, the favorite for the past few seasons. They're the current dynasty. But you're seeing more and more teams able to compete with these top teams. And it kind of takes a little bit of that dynasty aspect out of it. Will they have a chance to kind of get back into that? I definitely think so. Saban's a great coach. I always attract great talent. Um, it's just a matter of how well the talent is able to play and put uh, all these plays together on the field and play together as a team in order to uh, kind of get back into those champ- in that championship mode. Yeah, and Texas is going to be one of those teams that they're going to have to compete with the championship to compete with to get to those championships. Now joining the SEC, obviously, so. I think we're going to shift gears to a team that's also looking for a conference in the Pac-2 in Washington State, who got a huge upset this week against Wisconsin in a 31-22 victory on the Washington State side. Cameron Ward, quarterback, 20 for 32, 212 yards, two TDs, led the team with in rushing as well with 17 rushes and 43 yards. Uh, the the running back got in there. The wide receiver caught a touchdown as well. You got another one, and the defense forced three fumbles in this game, which is huge. Two forced in week one, and now three in week two. And on the Wisconsin side, quarterback Tanner Mordecai, 25 for 40, 278 yards, and a touchdown, but two fumbles lost in this game. So how, who do you think that this game affects more, Washington State or Wisconsin, and why? Because there was some top 25 movement in this game after the game happened, obviously. I think this game affects Wisconsin more. Uh, If you looked at the stats after this game, you would 100% think Wisconsin won the football game. They had Washington State had less rushing yards, less receiving yards, and less passing yards than Wisconsin. But the problem was Wisconsin played so sloppily. Like you said, Merrick, they had those fumbles, two fumbles, uh, three fumbles lost, sorry, three fumbles to zero on the other side. So they win the turnover battle. That's why Washington State ends up winning the game. But it looks really bad on Wisconsin to lose in such a sloppy manner to a team that you should beat in Washington State. I mean, 14-17 game, those three fumbles are going to matter so much. I would say it has equal implications for both teams. I mean, it's just a really disappointing game for Wisconsin. You have a 60-year quarterback in Tanner Mordecai who's played games in the Big 12 um, for uh, Oklahoma. He's also played for SMU, and so he's played in some big games. And now coming over to Wisconsin, he's playing a team that many don't regard as a very good team in Washington State. But I would say the Washington State defense had something to say about that. That's who impressed me. I mean, caused a bunch of turnovers, um, and 
they really should have this game. They held Wisconsin to zero points in the fourth quarter, which is huge. That's I mean, if you want to win games, you have to close out games, and that's what they did. And, I mean, I'm also impressed uh, Washington State's quarterback. Transfer from Incarnate Word. I Honestly, I don't know where that is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, played a clean game, uh, and that's all you can ask for a quarterback in order to win games. You want a clean game. You want to win the turnover battle, and that's what Washington State did. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward. So far this year, he's at he's at in two games he's at 663 passing yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He leads the team in rushing yards and also has a rushing touchdown. Um, moving along a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna take a look. This game had a lot of movement in the top 25 with Wisconsin dropping out from 19, as well as Washington State jumping in at 23. So a couple movement, couple things that have been moving around in the top 25. You got four teams jumping in: Iowa at 25, UCLA at 24, Washington State at 23, and Miami at 22. You got Wisconsin, Tulane, Texas A&M, and Clemson dropping out. Some of the big jumps: Texas is up seven spots from 11 to four. Alabama drops down seven spots from three to 10. Colorado, the juggernaut everybody's been talking about, is up four from 22 to 18. And we're gonna move on to week three a little bit here. We're gonna we're gonna give our game picks in a second, but first we gotta give a bit of a brief preview on the Tennessee versus Florida matchup this week. Uh, number nine Tennessee going into Gainesville to take on the Gators. Um, what do you guys think about this matchup, and who do you like? I like Tennessee a lot in this matchup. I I think it's gonna be a good game, but I think Tennessee will end up pulling away at the end of this game. They're a really good team. I think they're a better team than the eleventh ranked team in college football right now. Joe Milton, a good quarterback, a lot of returners. And specifically why I like them so much is their rushing game. I mean, they have one of the best running games in college football. Uh, in the last two games they played, they had over 200 rushing and passing yards, so absolutely dominated on offense the last two games. Uh, ranked third best rushing offense right now with a really good O-line. And besides that, a really good D-line, first in the nation in sacks and TFLs. So, I mean, you're dominating in the trenches. You have good skill players. I don't see the Tennessee Volunteers losing very soon, and I don't see them losing to Florida Gators. I think the minus six and a half spread for Tennessee is quite disrespectful to Tennessee. I think they're going to kill Florida. Florida has not impressed me at all this season. They lost to Utah. Yes, they had a big win last week, but that was at McNeese State. I mean, it's not that's not an impressive win. Um, but just the fact that they lost to Utah, who struggled against Baylor in week two, a Baylor team who lost to Texas State. So they're not framed in a very good light right now. Um, and I just I just don't think Florida's very legit this year. And you look at Tennessee, and they have, as you said, um, Evan, they have a really good running game. They're returning two of their running backs. Joe Milton, we saw him in a few games last year, played great when he stepped in for Hendon Hooker, and he's played great so far this year. I just don't think it'll even be a, cont- a contest. Yeah, I think that the one key factor in this game that, that is going to make it a close game if it ends up being a close game is the fact that it's in Gainesville, it's in the swamp, and Florida's at home. And Tennessee has historically struggled against Florida in the last couple of years, with Florida winning 16 of the last 18 matchups between the two schools. But like you said, it's a little bit different now. You have Joe Milton at quarterback, who I'm still kind of wait to see shine. We saw, we're still waiting for Orange Bowl Joe to show up. He's only, at, he's only had 429 yards and four TDs in his first two games, but has been completing the ball at a high rate. Um, but like you said, Tennessee defense... Tennessee rushing attack. I think it's going to be too much for Florida this week, but I think it's all in an all around going to be a good matchup because it's an SEC matchup. These games tend to be close. These games tend to be good games. 
But shifting forward in a more abbreviated episode of College Gridiron, I'm going to ask you guys, what are your picks for the games you're most excited to watch this week? Um, the game I'm most excited for this week is probably Illinois-Penn State. Uh, I know Penn State ranked number seven, Illinois unranked. A lot of people go into this game thinking that Penn State's going to whoop them. But like you said, Merrick, a lot of these in-conference matchups could get a little weird. Uh, the worst teams can come out, play a lot better than better teams, end up winning the game. This is a Big Ten matchup, and we've seen this happen in the past in Big Ten matchups. I think Illinois has a really good offense, some returning players that uh, played really good for them last year, and I think they can put up a fight against Penn State and make that a really good Big Ten matchup. My favorite game of the week is Kansas State at Missouri. Missouri, they've played well so far. They have a good defense. They've allowed 29 points total in the two games they've played, taking on a, hosting a Kansas State team who lost their star running back to the draft, Deuce Vaughn. But we see Will Howard, their returning quarterback, he's playing great this year. Kansas State's averaging 43.5 points per game. And to me, this one is not just about the game, but it's about the implications in the Big 12. We saw Texas just beat Alabama and Kansas State is supposed to be that team that can compete with Texas this year in the Big 12. But in order for them to do that and pose a real threat to Texas, they need to win this game, and they need to win it in a handily fashion to show that they are for real. Yeah, and my, my matchup for the week that's interesting to me, I think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's also interesting because it's Georgia's first test of the year. you got South Carolina coming to down, coming to town, excuse me. But I think South Carolina is going to put up a test because South Carolina is averaging 461 yards per game, 408 passing yards per game. Spencer Adler, almost 700 passing yards already. And South Carolina seemed like a team of upsets last year. They beat number 9 Tennessee in a blowout. They beat 13 Clemson the next week. But on the other hand, it is Georgia. It is the Bulldogs. So I think George is going to end up blowing them out. But I think that just about wraps it up for College Gridiron. We got in some, some in-depth debate about an in-depth look at Texas-Alabama, a little bit more of an abbreviated look at Washington State's upset, as well as a look in the top 25. And ahead this week, we got some matchups we like. We got Tennessee-Florida. We got South Carolina-Georgia. We got Missouri-Kansas State. We got Penn State-Illinois. Make sure to check back next week after all those games are wrapped up. We'll have recaps and news. College Gridiron is a production of WFEV Sports.